Welcome to City Reach Cumberland's weekly podcast. We hope this message blesses you. For more information about us, you can check us out on the web at cityreachcumberland.com. Well, hey, happy new year. year. Who's ready for 2022? Yes. Everybody, let's let's do this. Can you see me? Put, Put your hands out in front of you and say, 21, out of here. All right, here we come, 22, new year. Oh, it's new, the the first of the year is always an exciting time because uh, I don't do this anymore. I used to make New Year's resolutions. I I quit doing that a long time ago because, now my wife's not here to defend herself, but my New Year's resolutions were really her New Year's resolutions because I used to make them for her. And I would say, baby, wouldn't you, wouldn't it be great if you could start doing this? And wouldn't it be great if you stopped doing this? If you're wanting a New Year's resolution, let me write a few down for you. Well, if you've been married any length of time, that is not a good recipe for marriage. So let me just tell you right now, guys, just don't do it. Stay away from that. It, it, it's not good. But, you know, when we come to the first of the year, it is a time to reflect on, on where we've been, where we're going. And I really, a few weeks ago, decided that I'd like to take the first uh, Sundays, uh, or the five Sundays in, in this first month, January, this year, and have a series, and I'm going to entitle the series Firsts, F-I-R-S-T-S, Firsts. And so each Sunday, we're going to look at a different first. So this Sunday, uh, we're going to look at the subject of first fruits. Next week, it'll be first moves. And then Phil will be doing the next two weeks after that. I will be, be out, but I believe he's going to do first words and first steps. I'm not sure in what order. And I haven't yet figured out what the fifth one will be, but I've got a, I've got a, lot, of, a lot of ideas. So we'll see where we go from there. But today I want to talk to you about the first fruits offering. And I, got, I, want, to, I want to apologize initially because... I used to teach a lot on this, and I mean maybe 10 years ago, and I have not taught on this in the seven years that I've been involved with City Reach. So I've never taught on First Fruits, I've never talked about it, but I want to talk to you today about the principle of First Fruits, because First Fruits was an offering under the law. Now, we're not under the law. Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. We're under grace. But there's certain principles in the Bible that I have come to use in my own life, and this is one of them. So what's a principle? I I call this the principle of first fruits. So a principle is really a foundational truth. It's a fundamental truth that serves as a foundation that we either establish a belief system or behaviors off of. So so I want to tell you this, is that I have been practicing this principle of first fruits for probably 15 years. Uh, I don't remember where I first heard of it, when I first heard it taught. Uh, I know somebody taught me, and I have been, and my wife, uh, my wife and I combined, we've been doing this for probably 15 plus years. I have seen this one thing make such an impact, not only in my, my finances, my business, my marriage, my day, my time, it really has implications beyond just uh, just your pocketbook. So I, I want to talk to you today about the first fruit, first fruit offering, and really want to look at, I want to talk to you first about what it is and what it's not. 
uh, because a lot of times I've heard teachings that convolute and, and mix first fruits and the tithe, and, and I don't believe they're the same. They're, they're, they're two distinct things. So I want to show you that first. And, and then I want to talk about two things, and, and I, uh, I could probably talk about more, but really two things today about the first fruit and what it is. Uh, it is a reminder, and I'm not going to tell you a reminder of what, it's a reminder and it's a test. Now, I was going to make it real easy. I was going to say have two T's. It's a token, but I thought you might get hung up on token and think of toke, and, and, and then you, your mind would go somewhere else. So, so let's just keep it with a reminder, right? But if you want to remember token, token and uh, a test, that's, a, that's two easy ways to remember it, but we're going to talk about it. It's a reminder, what it's a reminder of and also what it is a test of. And, and at the end, I'm going to ask you, uh, I'm not going to ask you to do anything publicly, I'm not going to ask you to make a commitment to me, I'm going to ask you to take what God has taught us today and, and just make a commitment to God. And if you want to do this, that is great. I believe God will, will completely, um, radically bless you because of it. And if you don't, that's okay too. You can walk away the same as you came in. Anybody want to walk away the same as they came in? Trina was stretching, or was that a hand? That was stretching, okay. <laughs> I know. If you wouldn't be here if you wanted to leave the same, right? So let's just pray. Father, I just pray today as we look at this uh, principle of first fruits that we would see how it applies to us today, that we would see Jesus, and Lord, in the end, that you would be honored and glorified. And Lord, teach us. Holy Spirit, teach us, talk to us, speak to us today. And let your word uh, find good soil and bear good fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so what's just, uh, I'm going to give you two passages today I want you to look at. We're going to look at Exodus 13. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to mark Exodus 13. And then we're going to look at Genesis chapter 4. That's the two main passages. Exodus 13 will be about the reminder. And Genesis chapter 4 will be about the test. But before we get to that, I want to open with a very common verse, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. I have taught from this verse before, but not this message. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. So a lot of people are familiar with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding and all thy ways. Acknowledge him, and he'll do what? Direct your paths. So as you read through Proverbs 3, there's, a, there's four or five couplets in there where one verse has an instruction, and the next verse has they, they, they finish that out, and they say, they say this. They say, honor the Lord with all your substance, or all your possessions, as it says here. Honor the Lord with all your substance or possessions, and with the first fruits of your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. So when it says to honor the Lord, to honor means to establish value, to esteem, to appreciate, to, um, to, to, de to declare the worth of, to, to respect, all of those things. And it says to honor the Lord. So I'm appreciating the Lord or I'm honoring the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm valuing the Lord. Now, you remember the Lord we talked about a few weeks ago. When, when we think of the word Lord, Lord means ownership. It means that, that it belongs to him, that he's created everything, that everything I have is because the Lord has given it to me. He's the ultimate owner, I'm the steward. 
And it says that we honor the Lord. We do that two ways here. It says, honor the Lord with your what? Your possessions. So your possessions is, is what you have. So anything you have right now, you should use them in a way that honors the Lord, that brings glory to him, that, that, that establishes his value, that, that shows respect to him. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions. And then it goes on to say, honor the Lord with the first fruits of some of. Oh, it says, honor the Lord with the first fruits of all of your increase. So if you think about it right like this, possessions or, or substance would be the things that you already have. That might be your, uh, it could be your home. It might be your car. It could be your bank account, if you have a bank account. It could be the clothes in your closet. It could be anything. It could be the tools in your tool chest. Anything you have that's currently yours, your possessions. And when it says, honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase, increase is the word income. So possessions are what you have. Income or increase is what's coming in, right? Income is coming in. So it says, honor the Lord with some of or all of? All of. So when we think of all of our income, I want you to think beyond just the paycheck that you might receive. So if you have a rental property and you collect rent, rent would be a, a sort of income, or it is an income. If you have SSI or you have Social Security or you have a retirement fund or whatever it is, any source of income, this first fruit can apply to. And I, I can tell you this, that this is something that I... I practice as a principle, and God ha has been, been super faithful uh, in, in doing his part on the promise that goes with it. Now, we never do things to get God to do something, right? We have an expectation. My motivation is not to get God to, to move on my behalf. My motivation is Jesus. But when you do something, the, when the Bible gives us a promise, there's always an expectation of what's going to come of that. And here it says... So shall your uh, barns be filled with plenty, and so shall your vats be, be filled with new wine. I'm not going to talk about that today. That's a different teaching. But So I just want to introduce that, that first fruit. So what is a first fruit? Anybody know what a first fruit is? So in, in the Old Testament, were they an uh, uh, agricultural society or, or a capitalistic society like we have? They were agriculture, right? They were agriculture. They were farmers. They were, uh, they were shepherds. They, they, they raised sheep. They raised crops. Now, I said we're a capitalist, capitalist side, but we're probably like socialist and Marxist and a little bit of combination of all the, all the above, right? Anybody awake today? Yeah. All right. That was supposed to be funny. It wasn't funny. It wasn't political either. So at that time, they're, a, they're an agricultural society. So a lot of the things that God speaks to and through in the Old Testament has to do with the time period in which they were living. So when he says to bring a first fruits, the word fruit is in there, it's, it's part of the crops or part of the increase. So when you grow crops, there's part of that crop that, that you'll, uh, you'll return back to the Lord. So here's what I want to tell you. So sometimes I've heard people teach, so first fruit and tithe, they'll, they'll kind of convolute the two. And, and here's why I think they're two different things. This is just one verse that'll speak to both. So the, the, the context of 2 Chronicles chapter 31, if you've heard of King Hezekiah, he was a king that did a lot of reforms in Israel. He tore down the, the, the altars that were to other gods. He says he tore down the high places. 
He, he reestablished uh, temple worship. He reestablished um, the morning and evening offering. He put the priest and the Levites and all those things back in place. And so you can read about this in the first few verses of 2 Chronicles 31. And then what he did, he said, he said, okay, people, I'm putting all the things back in place that God wanted. Now I want you to give to the priest and the Levites so that they can continue their job and not have to work. So verse 4 picks that up, or verse 5, it says, As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought the abundance of the first fruits of the grain and wine, oil and honey, and all the produce of the field, and they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. So first fruits and tithe, two different things. Now some people will say, uh, we know that tithe means 10%. They'll say the first fruit is the first 10%. And they'll convolute the two. Now, that's not a bad principle. It's okay to give 10% first, but when you bring them together, you miss that there's two separate things, and there's really a blessing tied to the first fruit that you miss if you mix them up. So first fruit in this word is the, the Hebrew word reshith. Go to the next slide. I just want to show you. Here's what it means. It means first, or it means best. So when we talk about the first fruit, we're talking about the first one or the best one. So I want you to remember that. First fruit, it's, a, it's in the word first, right? It is the first one. Everybody say that. First one. So we're talking about the first fruits, first one. If you read this verse in the message translation, look at the next slide. It says this, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, in the message on the next slide says, Give to God. Gentlemen, next slide, please. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. So when we talk about the first fruit, it is the first and it is the best. I'm giving him the best of the first and the first of the best. Tithe is something different. Now, if I grew, if I raised cattle in the Old Testament and I was to give a tithe or 10%, how would I calculate that? Would I take out my, my uh, Texas Instruments calculator and I'd plug in 550 cattle times 0.1 equals 55? Would I do that? No, because there was no calculators. Abacus. Abacus. No, and the abacus wasn't around, maybe. Maybe in China. I don't know. The Chinese invent everything, you know? No. They had to count them. Look at this. Look at the next slide. Here's what they did. Look at Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 27 says, All the tithe of the herd and the flock, everything which passes under the rod, the tenth, what? Tenth one will be holy to the Lord. So here's what they did. Okay, bring those cattle in. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth one. All right? The first fruit is the first one, the tithe, the tenth one. So if I have, these aren't hundreds, these are ones, so don't get any ideas. So if I got, if I, if, if I, which one is the first fruit? The first one. One, so two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth one. Now, it's not wrong to say you should give your first tenth to the Lord beyond that. That's fine. That's not a bad principle. But 
That's not what the first fruit is. The first fruit is the first one. It's the best one. Okay, so here's what I want you to remember. These two things. It is a reminder, and it is a test. It's a token and a test. All right, so first fruits is a reminder. What's it a reminder of? Well, I want you to go, I want to go back, and we'll take a little trip back to where God instituted this when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt. And so Exodus 13, we're going to look at chapter 13, verses 1 through 2. We're going to skip verses 3 through, 3 through 10, because that talks about the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then we're going to go down to uh, verse 11 through 16. Now, what's the setting here? There's three things that happen all right in a little cluster, three feasts. So if you remember, when God delivered Israel out of Egypt... What did they have to do? They, they had to kill an animal. He said, I'm going to kill the firstborn of all humans and all animals in Egypt. But if you take a sacrifice and you kill it and you put the blood over your doorpost, he said, when I see the blood, that will be a sign to me and I will pass over your house and your baby will live. But everybody in Egypt, will their firstborn will die. And so in chapter 12, we see them doing that, that they take the lamb and they paint the doorpost with the blood. The death angel comes, passes over everybody that's in the children of Israel, but all the firstborn man and beast in the whole country of Egypt all die. And, and it was that last, last time that, that Pharaoh finally says, just go, get out of here. And so that was the start of it. So we have the, the, this feast, that becomes the feast of Passover, and then that same week is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And at the very end of that is the Feast of First Fruits. They all happen like right, right in, a, in a cluster there. So now we're over to chapter 13. And it says to this, it says, verse 1, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn whatsoever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of men and of beast, it is mine. This word consecrate, it means to set apart. It means to... Um, to, to make sacred or make holy or, or separate it. So it means I want you to distinguish this one. I want you to separate it from the rest. And when we consecrate something, we separate it from its normal secular use. So I don't mean secular in a bad way. I just mean secular as in ordinary. So I'm taking something that has an ordinary use and I'm separating it or consecrating it to the Lord. This was for something else, but now I'm separating it from the rest. And he said, I want you to take the firstborn of man and of beast and separate them to me. Now, he had just killed the firstborn the night before. And now he's saying, when you get to the promised land, now you're getting out of Egypt today, but when you get to the promised land, this is what I want you to do. Separate, consecrate unto me the first. And then verse 11 says, and it shall be... When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and to your fathers and gives it to you. Verse 12. I just get my Bible. That you shall set apart to the Lord all that opens the womb. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. All the firstborn of man among your sons shall redeem. So it says this. It says the firstborn 
has to be consecrated one of two ways. There either has to be a sacrifice or a redemption. So if it's a clean animal, it has to be sacrificed. If it's an unclean animal, it has to be redeemed. So he says if you have a lamb, a sheep, a clean animal, you take the first one and you sacrifice the first one. If you have a donkey, how many got a donkey in your life? Anybody? <laughs> I saw a couple hands. I said donkey. What do we do with the donkey? It says you got to break its neck. It says if you have a donkey, now donkey represents the thing that is unclean. It says if you have anything that's unclean, I want that one too, but the unclean gets redeemed by the clean. Hmm. Does that sound familiar? Jesus, the clean, redeemed us who were the unclean. Every time you read the Old Testament, remember there's pictures and types and shadows of Jesus all through it. They didn't know it, but we know it. So he says, if it's a human, you, he says, now, I don't want you to sacrifice a human. We're not doing that. So if it's an unclean or if it's a human, both have to be redeemed by a, by a clean animal. Well, guess what? We're humans, and we're also unclean. And it was Jesus who came to earth that was the perfect, sinless Lamb of God that shed his blood to redeem us who were unclean. So all this is a picture. You have the shed blood the night before, the Passover, the Lamb. Now they're going to start having this, this first fruit offering that recognizes the sacrifice of the firstborn. And they're going to do this. He says, I want you to do this year by year by year. All right, next slide, verse 14. It says, So it shall be when your son asks in time to come, What is this that you shall say to him? By, now, I want you to read this. By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Let's say that. By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So he says, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go to the promised land, and I want you to do this. This is an annual thing you're going to do every year. And, and he says, when your kids start to grow up, and you're practicing this offering of first fruits, and you're giving, and they're seeing you collect the first lamb and, and break the neck of the, the, the first donkey and, and give the first of your crops and, and give the, the, the first of, of, of everything you have once a year, and the kids are seeing this, and all of a sudden they're going to get to a time in their life they're going to say, what, what are we doing? What, what is this all about? And it says you're going to have a teaching opportunity with your kids, and you're going to be able to say, we do this because of the strength of the hand of the Lord, the mighty hand of God that brought me out of bondage. And I do this to honor him. So I've had that happen with my own kids. My kids, uh, I have over time been able to share with them what Kristen and I have done for certain ministries and missionaries and support. And, and, and they're like, are you crazy? And Lauren even just recently said, I got an idea. How about you just give it to me and we'll call it a day? And I was like, well, that's not the point, baby. We're, we're doing this because of what God did for me. This isn't about you. And it's not about me and it's not about your mother. It's about what God did. 
It said, God brought me out of bondage by his strong hand, and he delivered me. See, Egypt represents bondage. And so if you think about it, everybody here, if you're saved, has been delivered from something. Your Egypt could have been like mine, could have been anger and rage, delivered. Your Egypt could have been uh, sexual issues and pornography. Your Egypt could be addiction. Your Egypt could be bitterness and strife. Your Egypt could be gossip and, and divisiveness. At the end of the day, everybody's Egypt is sin. See, if you've been set free by Jesus, you have been delivered. And so this offering is something that we do to remember what God did for me. See, the day we get delivered, what are they? Woo, yes, I've been set free. Like everybody celebrates on the day they get delivered. But what about year one, year two, year three, year four, year 10? I don't even know who God is anymore. Or at least you think that because you don't ever tell anybody about him. But this is a way to take an offering and, and give back to the Lord and say, God, I'm giving this to you because I remember what you did for me. I was stuck. But anybody ever say, but God? But God. I was stuck, but God. My marriage was a train wreck, but God. My kids were running around, but God. My, my husband was, was on the street selling crack, but God. Not my husband, but somebody's husband. <laughs> See, people can take little snips and then they'll, they'll say, oh, look what he said. He's got a husband. <laughs> this offering remembers the strong hand of the Lord. It remembers that it was a mighty hand that brought me out of the clay, that brought me out of the pit, that delivered me and put my feet on a solid rock because I couldn't do it myself. And that's what this offering speaks to. It goes on and says, So it shall be when your son shall ask you a time to come. What is this? You shall say to him, By strength of the hand of the Lord, he brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. It came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, the Lord killed the firstborn. Uh, next slide. In the land of Egypt, both firstborn of man, firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that open the womb, but the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be as a, what is this? Sign. It shall be as a sign. Now, I put in blocks because that's my adding in there. That word sign, it's easy to remember in the, Greek, or in the Hebrew, it's oath. It's, I think, O-T, but it's oath. Uh, it's a remembrance, a distinguishing mark, or a token. There you go. There's your token. Uh, on your hand, as frontless between your eyes, for by strength of the hand of the Lord, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. So this word sign... It says it will be a sign. It'll be a sign to your kids. It'll be a sign to your family. It will be a sign to you. It is done so that I remember what God has done. The same word God used sign was when, you remember when, when God destroyed the earth with a flood? Remember the story? What did God give us a sign that he would never do that again? The rainbow. And so when you look in Genesis 9, it says, God says, I will put a bow in the sky, and it will be a remembrance, it will be a sign that I will never destroy all flesh of the world by a flood ever again. 
Right? It's not the some symbol of the LGBTQ. It is the sign of the covenant that God will never do that again. It's a promise that he made. And he says, every time you see it, that's a sign. That's a remembrance. That's a token that I'll never destroy the earth again with a flood. What did he do when, uh, when, when Abraham, Genesis chapter 17, he said, Abraham, I want you to get, get this. Abraham's 99 years old. You ever hear the Abrahamic covenant? The Abrahamic covenant, God, God promises a covenant to Abraham. He says, he says I will bless you. I will uh, bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. I will make your name great. Kings will come out of you. In you, all families of the earth will be blessed. You remember all that? Do you know what the sign of that covenant was? Circumcision. He told Abraham at 99 years old, he says, I want you to circumcise yourself. I want you to circumcise every, every male. And that circumcision will be a sign so that every time you're taking a leak, you're going to remember that sign. Every time your wife sees you, she's going to remember that sign. Right? You can't get away from that sign because it's always going to be there. I just could never get, you know, if I was Abraham and I was looking back at Noah, I'd be like, couldn't you just give me another rainbow? I mean, <laughs> come on. That seems like a better deal. But God uses these tokens and these signs of ways to remember. And he said, this is what the first fruit is going to be. This first fruit is going to be a remembrance. It's going to be a token of what I did for you. The, the first fruit is what? The first and the best. The first and the best. Who gave their first and their best for us? God. God gave his first and his best, Jesus, for you. He's his only begotten son. Jesus was the glory of the Father. It was all that he, God had. He gave his first and his best. Never held back. All right, second thing. Next slide. Oh, first fruits is a reminder that it was the mighty hand of God that delivered us out of bondage. Okay, last thing. So, it is a reminder, and what's the second thing? It's a test. So what's it a test of? Next slide. All right, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 4. It's a test. All right, you guys remember Cain and Abel. All right? <clears throat> so let's read this. Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 4 say this. Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So, first two kids born, you have Adam and Eve. It says, that, it says, Adam knew his wife Eve, she conceived and had a son. Now, some people will say, I don't know if you could argue either point. Some people say they were twins, because it says she conceived and bore a son, and then it says she bore another son, and ever since she conceived, I don't know if that's true or not, but they might have been twins, but we know they're brothers, at the least. So it says that she had a first son, Cain, and Cain was a tiller of the ground, right? He was a farmer. Abel, her second son, uh, kept sheep. He was, a, he was a, a, a rancher. He was a shepherd. Uh, so next slide says this. It says, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the, let's this, he brought of what? 
the firstborn of his flock out of the fat. So remember this, first and fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. And of course, we know that God came to Cain, said sin lies at the door, and, and obviously Cain wanted to kill his brother Abel. Now, I get there is the, some people will say, well, it's because, it's because Abel brought the, the offering of an animal which speaks of the shed blood of Christ, and that, that Cain brought an offering of, of, of fruits and vegetables. I get that, but I don't think that's what it's saying here because why would it put in those other things that he brought of the firstborn and he also brought of the fat? That word fat means bastard choices, like USDA prime. And, and so if you think about it, it's not a difference in this offering between vegetables and animals. It's a difference that when Cain brought an offering, now there's, we have no record that God ever told them they had to bring an offering. Now, whether God told them, didn't tell them, you can speculate, but it's not in the Bible. So we don't know. We do know they brought an offering, and we do know what they brought. It says that Abel, I'm sorry, Cain brought of, brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. And it says that Abel brought of the firstborn and of the fat or the best or the choicest thereof. First fruit is what? The first and the best. Let me see this next slide. I want you to see this in a different translation. New Living says, When it was time for the harvest, God, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn lands of his flock. What's the test? What's the test? I want to just flip over to... Hebrews chapter 11 and read one verse and then we'll make a point about it. Hebrews 11.4 said this. Go to the next slide. It says, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Cain brought an offering out of his leftovers. Abel brought an offering of the first and the best. See, I think a lot of times when we bring an offering to the Lord, we bring a Cain offering. I paid my bills. I went to the movies. I bought groceries. I made my rent payment. Let's see, rent, movies, groceries, utility bills. God, I only got one left. <laughs> eh, I think I'll just hold on to that, or maybe I'll just give you half of it. Here you go. That's probably a federal law, or, or probably broke some law or something. We'll tape it together. We'll take it to sheets. We'll be all good. <clears throat> it doesn't take any faith to give God an offering out of what you have left over. But that's what we do a lot of times. God, I'm, I'm, I need to do this, and I need to do that, and I need to do that. And if I have a little left over, you know, maybe there'll be some left in the end of the month for you. Think about when you go out to eat. You tip the waitress before you eat or after? Normally. We tip after. 
Why? Because we want to see if the service is good, right? And the, the tip vacillates based on the, in proportion of the service a lot of times. And a lot of times that's what we do with God. We're like, God, I'm not sure if your, your word's really true. I'm going to wait and see what you do in my life. And based on how you perform, then I'll give you a tip at the end of the day. If that's the way you give, you're giving like Cain gave. You're not honoring the Lord for who he is, that he is God, that he is great, that he is the best, that he's the greatest, that he is first, that he's the utmost. See, it takes faith. It takes faith to do this. God, you've put this in my hand. I'm going to give you the first. I don't know if I'll be able to pay my bills. I don't know if I'll be able to pay the rent. I don't know if I'll be able to eat out this month or have a little extra. I don't know. But I know that you're worth it. I know that you redeemed me. I know that you died for me. I know that you gave your best, and I want to give you my first and my best in return to honor you. That takes faith. It takes no faith to give out of what you have left over. It takes faith to give to God first. And trust God that he'll do what only he can do with what's left. See, there's a principle, and I don't have time to go into it, but Paul, in Romans chapter 11, he's making a... a Romans 11 is about Israel, and that God is not finished with Israel, and God has a plan for Israel, and that we as the church did not replace and do not replace Israel. That, that, that God has a plan for them. And Paul uses this principle of first fruits in Romans chapter 11, verse 16. He says this. He says, if the first fruit is holy, now that's the same word in Greek that was used in Hebrew back in, in uh, Exodus uh, 13, 2 that says, consecrate unto me, that means set apart. He says, if the first fruit is holy, then the lump is holy. And he uses that to, to talk about that that if the initial Jewish people were set apart, and some people say that's the patriarchs like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, I believe that most people uh, that study that agree that it's the first Jewish Christians. Um, but he said if the lump is holy, I'm sorry, if the first fruit's holy, then the lump is holy. So he's taking a principle of the first fruit and applying it to Israel. But the principle is still the principle. And the principle is this. If you will separate and consecrate the first of what God puts in your hand and will give it to him as an offering, then he will consecrate whatever's left over. And when you do this, then he does this. See, it's almost like this. It, it, it's, it's like the first fruit in my life, I, I, can, only, I can only tell you from experience now, not from, not from Bible. But the first fruit is almost as if it's a spiritual gateway in which God now has legal access to take care of the rest for me. Right? He gives it to me. It's his, but he gives it to me. It's mine. I get, I, it's his, but, but I, I have control of it. And now I give back out of honor for what he's done, for redeeming me, for delivering me, and in faith, because it's before I even know what's going to happen. And because I do that, now he has access to take what's left and let his blessing rest on it. I'm going to read you one verse from Ezekiel chapter 47 at the very end. It says this. The last slide. 
First fruit, let's go back to that. Go back one. That first fruits is a test of your trust in God because it takes no faith to give in advance. If you're not testing God, it's really a test. Do I, do I b- believe what God's word says? It's a test. Do I trust God? Can I trust God enough to give him my first and my best? All right, here's the last verse. Now, this is, this is Ezekiel, so it's, it's a picture of future time, but principles uh, can apply. So I want to read this to you, Ezekiel 47, the last slide. It says, the best, remember, first and the best, the best of all the first fruits of any kind and every sacrifice of any kind from all your sacrifices shall be the priest. You shall also go to the priest of the first of your, give the priest the first of your ground meal, look at this, to cause a blessing to rest on your house. Who's our high priest today? Jesus is our high priest. Who redeemed us and delivered us today? Jesus. Jesus. He did it all. So here's what happens. We are blessed, but you can position yourself to where you're not experiencing what God's already done for you. And here's what happens. It says that when I give the first fruit, I now position myself for the blessing to rest on my house. Now, your house doesn't mean necessarily the place you live in, although it can mean that, but it means your, your lineage, your heritage, your kids, your family, everything that, that, that makes up your house. And God's blessing will rest on that. And that's a great place to be. I can tell you from experience, God has done miracle after miracle after miracle for me. And he'll do the same for you. But you've got to trust him. All right. Let's pray. So here's what I want to do. I want you to bow your head. I want you to ask the Lord, because here, remember, we're under the new, new covenant of grace. So we don't have to go back and calculate a specific percentage. I'm not going to tell you your first fruit needs to be, uh, uh, your first fruit doesn't need to be X amount of dollars or, or X percent or anything like that. But I want you to say this. I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, what could I give you of my first this year that will honor you for the way that you've redeemed me? And ask the Holy Spirit to let you know what that is. I believe everybody can do something. It's not the amount. It's not the percentage. That's all irrelevant. It's Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Now that for you... That might be, you might say, God, I will give you the first one hour that I earn this year. So whatever, I work one hour, I make $15, I'm going to give that $15 to you as a first fruit offering. You might say, I'm going to give you, God, I'm going to honor you with the first day. I'm going to take eight hours I work, I'm going to give you my first day. You might say, I'm going to give you my entire first paycheck. I'm going to give you my entire first month. It doesn't matter. It's whatever God tells you to do. But I can tell you this, no matter what it is, if you listen and obey him, he will cause that blessing to rest on your house. And you'll have more than you've ever had. I can tell you this, the same goes for your day. When I get up in the morning, I don't necessarily give God the first few minutes of my day because I want to brush my teeth and I want to get my head right. So that's where it's the first and the best. But I give him the first best time in my day. 
So I get my, my face washed, my teeth brushed, and then I give God that first best. And I give him 30, 45 minutes a day, and he somehow takes the remaining hours in my day, and people say, how do you do what you do? I don't know, but that's the principle of the first fruit. He takes the remaining hours and makes them go longer than they should. I don't know how it works, but he does it. So, I want you to bow your head. I just want you to, to if you're online, I, I want you to, you're not making it, we're not signing cards, you're not making a commitment to me. I want you to make a commitment to God. I want you to think, God, I want to I honor you this first month of the year. And I want to honor you for the way that you, you brought me out of the ditch. The way that you delivered me from whatever I had in my life. And I want to do it out of faith, knowing that you'll take care of the rest. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, you hear uh, the thoughts and intentions of each heart. And Lord, I pray that the commitments that are made, Lord, that they, they would be followed through with. Lord, this just wouldn't be just something, oh yeah, I'll just go through the motions, Lord, but it truly would be, God, I want to honor you because of who you are and what you've done. And I trust you, Lord. So I just want you to take a minute. I just want you to ask the Lord what that would be and just make a personal commitment to him. I'm going to do this this month. All right, let's stand up. We're just going to close with a chorus of good, good father because isn't he good? He's the best. He is the best dad ever. If anybody's here, if you don't know Jesus, I want to tell you again, I do every week, you cannot make a better decision than making Jesus the Lord of your life. I don't care how bad your life's been, what you've done, what you're in the midst of right now, Jesus has already paid for it, and Jesus wants to pull you out of that, and he'll do it, and he is the best dad, the best brother, the best everything you'll ever have. You can have all your sins forgiven. If that's you, I just want you to come see me. I'd love to pray for you uh, and just show you how to accept Jesus. But other than that, we're going to close with just one chorus. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by who I am, you're a good, good father, to you are, to you are, to you are, and I'm loved by you, who I am, to I am, to I am, and you're perfect in all of your ways, yes, you're perfect in all of your ways You are perfect in all of your ways To us You're good, good To you are To you are And I'm loved by you To I am
Father, we thank you again today. Lord, that we want to give you our first of everything in our life. Lord, the first of all of our increase. When I get up in the day, Lord, we want to give that first to you. I want to give you the first in our, our marriages, the first in our relationships, the first in our jobs, the first in our incomes, the first in everything we have, Lord, to honor you. Because with a strong hand and a mighty hand, you brought us out of bondage. That God, you gave your first, you gave your best for us, Lord the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We exalt you, Jesus. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Father, I pray that we would hear testimonies of your blessing resting on each house here. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.